First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. E-S-N-Y. I'm great, man. Reading all about today about how all these teams are interested in trading for Sam Darnold and not believing that <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's like, you know, as soon as the Super Bowl ends, there's always like a flood of rumors that that start with, uh, you know, we're hearing about Russell Wilson. The Seahawks are not yeah. uh, happy with him. So who knows what's going to happen there? Um, tonight, the topic of conversation, though, uh, sticking to hoops, as always. Um, we are discussing the Orlando Magic tonight, uh, a team that prior to the start of this season had some pretty good expectations. Um, things started out great. Uh, you know, Markel Fultz, everybody, everybody's favorite reclamation project and comeback story, um, you know, was playing well. Injuries have absolutely ravaged this team. Currently, the Orlando Magic sit at 9-16, and 16, 13th in the Eastern Conference. To help us break all of this down, the ups and downs of the season, um, we were just talking a little bit before we got, uh, we started recording. Um, you know, our guy Steven here is, is a very optimistic guy, so he always looks at things with the glass half full. Creator of the Close Up Magic website, host of the Close Up Magic podcast, Steven Cameron, thank you for coming back on the podcast, man. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Um, glad to be back. I'm doing great and ready to talk some Magic basketball. Uh, before we dive too much into it, I think this is going to be a really good episode, specifically because as you were doing the intro, I ran a simulation on Tankathon, and we jumped to the number one record on one click. So we're getting the number one pick. This is going to be a great show. I'm excited to talk some Magic basketball with you guys, and uh, I will try and be as optimistic as possible. Fade for Caden's on. Um, listen, we are we are not too far apart. There are plenty of Knicks fans that are doing simulations on Tankathon, and we're actually having somewhat of a decent season, right? So, and we have that Mavs pick, so we're hoping that that lands nice and safely within the lottery as well. Um, but I mean, it, in and we were also joking a little bit um, offline. I, I, I try and introduce every team the same way. And, and I try and talk to every writer the same way. Well, listen, we're pumped to talk magic basketball. And, and it's just, I know Chip is such a big fan as well. Um, I remember the night that Mark Hill Fultz got hurt. I texted Chip immediately. And I was like, dude, Fultz, it was like, dude, dot, dot, dot Fultz. And Chip was just like, 
oh my God, like so horrible, like feel terrible for this kid, like finally turning things around. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen, but the Magic started out 4-0, right? Yeah, 4-0. We're the only team that got 4-0. Uh, franchise, first in franchise history to, to be 4-0. Uh, we had only ever gotten to a 3-0 start like three or four other seasons prior. Um, and this season we started off hot. Granted, you know, maybe maybe a little good luck with that, uh, but the team was clicking. Vucevic was firing. Uh, Coach Clifford was playing a new style of offense, um, which was you know faster in the tempo. Vooch was taking, on average, like seven three-pointers per game. Um, and, and, you know, Mark Fultz was really taking over the offense and, and controlling it his way. Um, and it looked like a very different team uh, than it had in years past, just offensively and defensively. Um, the Magic were running a lot more blitzes defensively. It was just things were firing. Um, and then, yeah, things happened and the Magic started losing. It was really funny when you guys were, uh, you know, doing your intro talking about the Orlando, you know, you introduced the team. We're here to talk about the Orlando Magic. I just started cracking up and I'm just like, why, why, who wants to talk about the magic right now? But, <laughs> but, but, you know, there, there's some cool things to talk about the magic. There's some like little hidden gems there that we'll discover tonight as we're chatting. And, uh, but yeah, it's been an interesting season. Like you said, the injuries to this team have been um, countless. I can't remember exactly where I read it or what it was, but like the amount of injuries we have had to our players has been like, record breaking um it has to be a record yeah we've only had four guys on the entire roster not have an injury um so far this season and not miss a game so um yeah it's been bad how thankful you know what it's it's interesting as um as covid obviously continues to affect uh not only just our general life but of course professional sports as well and and i didn't check this too much so certainly correct me if i'm wrong here but I don't think COVID has hit uh, the magic yet. Yes or no, in, in terms of the players being out for health and safety protocols or anything like that? We did have some. Um, so right. we did, I mean, like in the bubble, we had some obviously uh, with uh, James Ennis and uh, and then Mo Bamba caught it um, uh, before, but like in between the breakdown before the bumble, bubble. But then it was like, Game six, I want to say, somewhere in that time frame, we were getting ready to go on a big road trip. Mo Bamba uh, had it for contact tracing. He didn't actually catch COVID, but he had contact tracing, so he had to isolate for 10 days from the team. Um, And so he missed a chunk of time there. And that kind of really screwed him a little bit because he wasn't getting much playing time meaningful playing time up until that point he had maybe like two games with like semi-legit minutes um he had a really good game against the bucks where he put up like um where he played for 16 minutes and just had a phenomenal game um i think it was 16 minutes uh maybe a little less but um then literally right after that contact tracing go on this 10 game road trip ken birch uh our current backup center um has actually been playing really well this season career year for him and and it's just Mo Bamba's been having a struggle to break into the meaningful minutes of the team ever since um, after contact tracing. But yeah, no, we haven't had outside of like that. No one's actually tested positive 
for COVID, we've just had that one incident of contact tracing. So it's been interesting, um, you know, blessing that it's only been that because with how many injuries we've had, right. we can't really afford too many more people getting out with contact tracing or, or catching COVID and, you know, no one sh hopefully no one's catching it. That, that would suck. And let's start, let's start with Mo Bamba because um, that was definitely a player that I wanted to target tonight for our conversation. Um, was reading up, uh, you know, the various websites for the Magic, your website, obviously the SB, SB Nation um, mm -hmm. site that covers Mobamba, uh, not Mobamba, the, the Magic as well. Um, I was really interested to see, and I, I don't know how much national attention this got, but um, I was really interested to see that, you know, he kind of got involved and engaged with some of, you know, the, the passive aggressiveness that we can see with players engage on social media at times. Apparently there was kind of like a, a, a hashtag free Mo Bamba going on. And uh, he ended up retweeting Kevin Durant's free me tweet after yeah. <laughs> um, he pulled out of the Brooklyn game. Um, so it's clear that he wants to play and it, it's clear that he's not happy with his role on the team right now. Um, I mean, I, I guess my, my, my question is simple, but I, I don't think the answer is super um, simple because, you know, Steve Clifford, is a guy that that coaches he's similar to Tibbs they're kind of cut out of the same mold in the sense of you coach to win no matter what and and you put your best five or your best eight nine ten whatever his rotation is out there and just like you said earlier um Nicole you know Vucevic is is playing at an all-star level and he's the five he's not going anywhere Ken Birch is also playing very well and Mo Bamba is kind of um a victim of circumstance in, in, a, in a way but as you were saying earlier, I think the season high is like 14, 15 minutes. So, you know, even with the record being where it is right now, should Mo Bamba be getting more minutes or do you have to seriously consider, um, you know, trying to trade him and, and seeing what you can get at this point? All right. So great question. Mo Bamba is a super hot topic for Magic fans and just the Magic community right now um, because, you know, he was the number pick six in the draft. And he's not getting any playing time. He's getting, you know, DMP's coach's decision right now. And uh, super frustrating. And it's so it's hard, man. So it's like Clifford rewards, Coach Clifford rewards hard work. And a coach's job, unless the team is in a clear rebuilding, and even if they are, a coach's job is always to win games, right? It's the really the front office's job to set up the roster for player development. Um, but the coach's job is always going to be to put out what he thinks is the best lineup to win games. Now, that's my opinion, at least. Now, that being said, um, Clifford has not always done that. Last year, Mo Bamba was the backup center up until he got COVID, up until the bubble. He played every single backup center game. Um, I don't think he missed a game until until the bubble, really. Uh, and then Ken Birch took over. When clearly from his rookie year to when Ken Birch uh, played in the Toronto series, um, you know, the second half of his rookie season and into the playoffs, Ken Birch was clearly the more polished player and Bamba was the more raw player. Um, you know, and even after that, coach put Bamba over Clifford or uh, Bamba over Ken. Uh, junior. So now we're in, uh, 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 now we're in his third season and what do you do? You got your 
You got your center in Vucevic who's playing at an elite level. He's averaging 23 points a game. I think 11 rebounds, shooting the three at 43%. Insane. Like he's all-star caliber. We can get to that later. Um, Then you have Ken Birch who is also playing at a career year. Like he's playing really solid. I think he's like top, top 10. I don't know the exact number where he lies in it, but like crushing it with screen assists. He set some of the hardest screens in the league. Um, you know, he's a big body dude that is just like, he's a brick house. If he, he sets a screen and the, the defender goes into him, the guy might have a concussion. He's that big. Um, you know, he's worked on his floater game a little bit. He's gotten a little bit better within, within the paint. You know, he's not an offensive liability as much and he's quick enough to defend fours. So, um, you know, he can't play the four offensively because his game is just not that good, but he can defend fours. So he can kind of play uh, Vooch and Kem a little bit together. Vooch is not the greatest offensive player, so he can't switch on the fours very well. So Vooch can play the five defensively while Kem plays the four. And then offensively, they switch it. Kem plays the five and Vooch plays the floor because he can stretch out the floor and can shoot basically anywhere he wants. Um Bamba doesn't have that versatility or at least that consistency with the versatility with Vooch yet, where uh, Bamba probably can't protect, uh, defend fours very well. So there's like a little bit of a playing clash right there. Um, And we kind of just like need some versatility. It's, it's hard. I, this is where coach Clifford is a little bit stubborn where it's like, yo, this team is doing horrible. And you got to shake up the lineup. And I know center is our strongest, healthiest position right now. Um, but you got to find a way to scrape together some minutes for Bamba. He's like, he's deserved it. He's working his butt off. Um, in garbage time, you see him playing. He's busting his butt and just like putting up putting up numbers, even though it's, it's garbage time, but he's, he's playing hard. Um, there's got to be a chance at this point. I think, you know, we just passed, what, the quarter mark of the season for most teams, for the teams. Um I think it's a little too early in the season in the front office's point of view to really pivot the direction of the the season, which we can be critical of, but they haven't said, Hey, instead of going for the playoffs, we're going to shift to go towards player development and focus on the draft. Um, That decision needs to be made like really soon. And I know I'm rambling here. Sorry. I'll last point. And then I'll let you jump in. All right. Um, but you made a, you asked a question about, is it time to trade Bamba? No, it's not. It's time to trade Ken Birch. I like Ken Birch, but he's on an expiring contract. He's a really good backup center. There's a lot of playoff teams that could go use him. Send us a second round pick or whatever. He makes $3 million. He's not that expensive. Um, send him away. We create opportunity for Mobamba because we picked up Mobamba's option for next year. He has shown a lot of potential. Um, you know, he played, uh, all the fourth quarter, a couple of games ago against, uh, Chicago and he wrecked it. He, he, he put up like 14 points, three blocks, had an assist, had seven rebounds, um, in one quarter, you know, yes, a blowout game that, you know, we weren't going to win, but Chicago was still playing starters and he put that up, you know, he had a really good game against the Bucks a few, uh, I think it was like game 11 or something like that, where he had, you know, in in 12 minutes, he had eight points. He had an assist, four rebounds, um, a block and uh, yeah. And a block. He had a couple fouls. So he did get into some foul trouble, like he needs that chance. And so 
as good as Ken is, he's on expiring contract. You know, you can find a setting, a hard setting screener, you know, next season. Um, but trade him away, get Mo Bamba into that second unit and let the leash go. You know, that's, that's where I'm at. And yes, free Mo Bamba is a hashtag on, on Twitter. Fans like, dude, the fans are just go crazy. It's they're like ready to fire the front office. They're ready to fire the coach. They're ready to trade Vooch and Cam and everyone just to see Bomba play. Little extreme uh, on most of that. I don't think you you fire a coach over not playing barely a second string center at this point. Um, and it's tough to say, but if Vooch or if Bomba isn't beating out Cam in practice like significantly to make it like he's the second string, that's like. That's not really a fireable offense, in my opinion. So, um, is Clifford wrong in how he's handling Bamba? Should he find a way to give him opportunity? I think so. But being wrong in one situation doesn't make you necessarily a bad coach that's going to get fired. So, Mo Bamba, free Bamba. I loved, I loved watching him in that Bulls game. I tuned right in when I saw yeah. him. He was in. Did I loved you? watching him. It was great, great watching him in that game. And then it was high awful. energy. Yeah, it was awful seeing that Clifford didn't even put him in in the next game. He was the only guy on the team who didn't even get in the game. I was like, what the hell? It's crazy. And it's like Jeff said, he, he it's just like Thibodeau. He's like a Thibodeau clone where it's yeah. like he's it's always going to be the vet over the rookies. And Kem is Kem Birch is 28 years old. And he's, you know, it's the thing where he trusts Kem Birch not to, to fuck up. And, yeah. you know, Mobamba as as fun, as fun as he is to watch when he gets in there, he does make mistakes and he does. He's still yeah, learning. Yeah. And he's in a, an unfortunate spot. I think it was Jonathan sharks wrote about Obama for the ringer. Yeah, and he's like, he's article. in a, if he were in Oklahoma city, he'd be playing every single night because right. they don't care about winning, but right. he's in a spot in Orlando where they're still desperately chasing the eight seed. Cause that's the coach they have and they can't afford to, have a guy in there who they feel like is going to make mistakes. And it's not just the coach. It's the front office. The front too. office, the front office has yeah. made it clear that they, they I... want to try and win no matter what yeah. that means. And I, I think we'll see that pivot fairly soon, but I, you know, from a front office perspective, it's too soon to make a pivot a quarter into the season, right? You got to lead. I think maybe at least one third of the season, maybe halfway, but it's slightly too soon and I can get that. But at some point they need to pivot and pivot hard because We'll get we'll get more optimistic in a second, but this season is going nowhere for the Orlando that's Magic. I, that's <laughs> what I I want to ask you about uh, Vooch eventually, but since we're talking about the the season right now, I do want to ask you about the pivot and the rebuild, which is I think for Orlando, there's a couple ways they could go, obviously, but one way I think involves like trading Fournier who's an expiring like you mentioned with Birch it makes total and you just gave a thumbs up on that it makes total sense to trade Fournier and then also to trade like AG and Ross or some maybe one or two of those guys and that's like a a halfway you can definitely get assets for those guys and then yeah you're hitting it on the head it's like a semi-rebuild that's I'll let you finish, but then we'll jump back to that. Oh, I was just going to say, or you just nuke the whole thing and trade Vooch, <laughs> which I know some Magic fans have pitched that idea too, which I want to know what side you're on. I'm on the soft reset, okay. right? And yeah. that means handle the expiring contracts. 
you know, Fournier wants to win at this point, and he should. Uh, he's a good player. This is his last big contract. Go to a team. You know, there's not a lot of big free agents anymore, as much as we thought there were. A lot of people signed extensions. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, already committed and stuff like that. So there's not a lot of big free agents as much. There's going to be a decent amount of teams with money. Fournier's going to get paid. He can probably go to a much better situation than Orlando at this point. Um, so trade him. We can't pay him anyways. We don't, we don't really, we can't, we, we could, but we shouldn't. Um, then uh, you definitely trade Ken Birch too, because open up minutes from Obamba, plus he's expiring. See if you can get at least a second round pick out of that. All right. And then um, you highly consider listening to AG trades, but before you do that, you have to make sure that um, Alpha Ruka Minu um, is healthy and can sustain actual meaningful playing time for a decent amount of rhythm. He got his first stretch in the last game. Um, I don't think he's playing tonight for like just injury, uh, you know, preservation type cautionary stuff. Um, but he did play in the Portland game, uh, played in the first half, looked, looked okay. It actually was, I was impressed with how he looked. I mean, nothing mind blowing, but looked better than he did last year. Um, but I would be hesitant to trade AG at this during the deadline this season, because if not, then that puts a ton of pressure on Chumo Kiki, who is also, you know, having his first rookie season off of an ACL injury from college a year prior. Um, I'm a fan of letting rookies have runway for sure, especially on a reset, but I'm also a fan of having that veteran to be able to bail you out in case things get crazy. Um, you know, that's why I can't wait for Michael Carter Williams to get healthy again and come back. Or, um, you know, if Alfred Camino starts playing better, we can cut Gary Clark and, uh, uh, and we can sign a veteran point guard, um, with, with that. Now we did sign a different point guard to the, to the two way. We signed uh, Frank Mason, the third, um, who has been pretty cool so far. Um, but I still think there should be, you know, if it's not Michael Carter Williams, he's not really a point guard much anymore, but get another guy who can kind of calm, calm things down. Um, and that'd be the same approach I'd want for the power forward position uh, when, when needed um, just kind of have that bailout when, when things are going really, really bad for them. Cause I don't like, I also don't believe in like rookies, like playing through too, too many mistakes. Cause I don't want them to develop bad habits. There's kind of got to be a balance there. So having a veteran that the coach can kind of throw in there when they need to be held accountable, like I think would be a good thing. So, but healthy and playing good ish, you know, relative. Uh, and Chumo Kiki is solid. Yo, let, let's let's hear a good trade for AG, not just any trade, but a good trade. Um, um, and yeah, and, and say good say goodbye and, and uh, you know use what we get from those players to to move on. Um, I've always envisioned like including AG and like maybe another player and salary filler and like a pick or two for like a really top player. Uh, but with all the injuries we have, that's just kind of unrealistic. And then he turns into a one-year rental if we wait after this. So it's, you know, I kind of balance it, but yes, yes. I'm not a fan of the full rebuild until like trading Vooch away until, uh, until Bamba can show that he can hang at least solidly in the second unit, you know? Um, I was going to say, what's a a perfect AG trade look like to you? Because now you're, I mean, he's looked pretty good. This he's looked like a 
a guy who can be a, at least a secondary ball handler, you'd be selling kind of high on him right now or yeah. higher than you would have been last year. The other thing too, Steven, real quick, just before yeah. you, you um, hit us with that, like I, and, and, you know, I haven't seen a ton of magic games this year, but I was, I was really Good. surprised to read about, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was really surprised to read about the kind of experiment they had with him as a point forward after Fultz went down. Um, yeah. A lot of, of the ball handling through him, like his assist rate was higher. Um, I believe his, his three point percentage was pretty high this year. Free throw rate as well. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting because Aaron Gordon has always been that in betweener of a guy where it's like, well, you know, we're really not so sure about his ceiling. So we might want to sell like chipset high in, in a certain way. And then there's other times where I feel like he shows you something and you're like, well, wait a minute, wait, maybe we need to make sure what we have here. Um, but yeah, I, I, along that lines, of course, yeah, I, I think would love to know also what a really good trade looks like for him as well. I don't have that answer. I suck at trade machine. Uh, every time <laughs> I think I'm making the right trade on trade machine, it's never actually what happens um, or anything close. So, okay. I'll tell you what trades I don't like. We'll start with that. I don't like Aaron Gordon for an expiring contract and a couple mid to late round first picks. That's not, not interesting to me. Right. Um, now granted, I understand Aaron Gordon is, uh, you know, the guy who could potentially be an all-star for a couple seasons, maybe, but never quite made it has always been that question mark. Part of that is we've played him at the wrong position. He's a four, not a three. Um, part of it is um, we haven't had enough shooting around him. Um, and again, this magic team has never really had a true number one option. Um, as good as Vooch is, you'd still rather him be your second option on a team, maybe a third realistically for a title contender type team. So, um, we haven't really always had a balanced roster for Aaron Gordon to really, uh, thrive in. Um, so it's hard. So what I don't want is parts. Um, I would like either, I'd like an established type of player, ideally, at like the two or the three, assuming we're going to trade Evan Fournier. Um, I'd like like an, a really nice established player that can be a starter on a, on a, on a good team that can, you know, doesn't have to be a lead at anything, but be pretty good at a lot of things would be awesome. I don't know who that player is. I can't put a name on that, but like someone, you know, there was rumors that we were, had the same offer that, the Trailblazers offered for Robert Covington, which was like pick 16, another late Rockets pick, and Trevor Reza or Trailblazers pick. Yeah, sorry, the Trailblazers pick. and Or no, yeah, it was pick 16, which turned out to be somebody. Um, I don't remember. Uh, or 17. It was, it was a mid-first mid pick in this last draft. A late pick, like I think in next year's draft. Um because the team's going to, the team's probably going to be, you know, going to be a decent team, you know, fairly, but they should be a fringe playoff team. Right. So it's not going to be a top 10. Right. And if it's a lottery, it's going to be high, high lottery. Um, so, and then Trevor Reza, like that doesn't do anything for the magic really besides get us a young ish player in the middle of the lottery. That's not that to me, that's a bad return. I want someone that is going to, that is a proven NBA player um, that's not too old. Um, and that can provide value at the two or the three. That's kind of where I'm at right now with, with what I hope to get back because we have enough power forwards. 
with Jonathan Isaac and Chumo Kiki. So we don't need another four. Our center's good. We got two point guards right now with Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz. Um, you know, there's there's dreams of one of them being a shooting guard, but they're both like six three and shoes. So um, you know, I'd like to find someone a little bigger for that spot, you know, and let them kind of be like the Kyle Lowry, uh, Freddie Milan beat type of combo where sometimes one of them comes off the bench or whatever. So um yeah, so I don't have I'm not good with trade machine. My bad. No, that's that's fine. And you brought up somebody who I, I really, really wanted to talk with you about tonight. And that's got to be Cole Anthony. A, oh, a yeah, my dude. A guy that was linked to the Knicks uh, very on in, in, the, in the early parts of the draft process. He's hit a game winner this year, um, especially early on in the season. You know, it seemed like he was on ESPN highlights almost every night. Um, unfortunately, hit a little bit of the injury bug with, I believe, a shoulder strain. But, uh, you know, it seems like Cole Anthony has come as advertised in terms of being a scorer. And, you know, it's nice to see that a guy who fell in the draft and I think was a little bit, as we were talking about Bamba earlier, a victim of circumstance, some really poor spacing at UNC. And he was also injured there as well. Um, really bounce back and kind of show people what he's about. So just two part question. Um, just what are your, your, your thoughts on Cole Anthony? Um, how fun has it been to watch him? Uh, and, and ultimately, what do you think is his ceiling? Um, great questions. Uh, Cole Anthony is awesome. I was so excited when we picked him and drafted him. He was probably one or two on my board, uh, my personal draft board for like players that I thought was realistic for the magic in our range. And to have someone I actually wanted and get drafted was like exciting, especially with how high I had him on my personal rankings. Um, so thrilled with the pick. Thrilled with the pick. I've always been a little hesitant on Mark Fultz anyways, so to kind of have a player that can, like, hedge that bet a little bit was awesome. Um, <clears throat> you know, his his numbers are, like, if you look at, you know, like his three-point percentage, like 32%, but he had, like, a, you know, his first nine, ten games were, like, a little rough shooting-wise. Um, he had a couple, like, little highlights here and there, but a little rough. Once he became a starter, he's actually, like, he's – had some rough moments for sure, like any rookie point guard does, but things are starting to slow down for him. And um, I think he's shooting the three at like like 36%, 35%, so much more respectable as a starter. Um, you know, he's starting to organize the offense a bit better. Um, him and Vucevic are finally, you know, like they're starting to really get a connection, the two of them, and be able to feel each other more on the court. Um, and, and just things are looking natural between that connection, which if you play with Vooch, it's not hard to get that connection because he's so easy to play with. But, um, you know, he's really starting to come into his own and, and be a, 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 a solid rookie for this draft class. I think every time they do like rookie rankings, he's in like the top five, um, which is cool because uh, that really happens for a Magic player to, to be a, a, a top rookie in the draft class. So it's, it's really neat to see him do that. I'm not too worried about the shoulder strain. Um, it was like super non-contact, uh, very, very little, little contact. It like, it, it, you know, he was in the air, shot it. I forget who was defending him, but like, so, like I think it was Cantor, like sort of brushed up on his arm, but it was like really minimal. He was actually questionable for tonight's game versus the Warriors, but they ruled him out. So I, I'd expect him back in a couple of games. I don't, I don't expect it to be a, a serious injury. Um, like with anyone on our team right now, it's just got to be precautionary held out, but he's awesome. I have no idea what his ceiling is. I don't know if he can be 
uh, you know, a true number one option on a team or true number two, but I know he's not going to suck at basketball and he's, and he's going to be able to contribute. And there's probably a world where he makes a couple all-star games. You know, he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Fred Van Vliet. Um, his shots coming around. He's, he's, he's quick, explosive. Um, he's got good instincts. He plays really, really hard and competitive. Um, dude, this guy is like a natural rebounder. It's, it's cool. He crashes the glass so hard. Doesn't always grab him, but he's right there. Um, you know, right there his, in contention. With it. Too, that's super impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And, uh, I, I love the kid. He's great. He's going to have a great, he's going to have a great, uh, great career with hopefully the Orlando magic. Much better defensively than advertised. I thought too, at least yes. effort wise. Yeah. He tries really hard. Yeah. Not always successful, but yeah. the energy's there. And, you know, defense takes a little bit to learn. Yeah. And I remember you saying the last time you were on that you weren't like completely sold on Fultz yet as much as like other people were. And I, the way Anthony's played has to have uh, improved improve your future on the backcourt. But I, I didn't want to ask you too much about uh, Anthony because Jeff pretty much covered that. We have to talk about Vooch. Yeah. Because Vooch, <laughs> we haven't talked too much about Vooch and Vooch has been amazing. And I'll start. Yeah, an all-star. And I want you, I just want you as a Magic fan to to talk about Vooch and how amazing he's been. And, you know, Vooch, as Knicks fans, me and Jeff have been retweeting Julius Randle uh, to be an all-star. And we feel like he's being disrespected and he's eighth in fan voting. And Nikola Vucevic isn't even there <laughs> on the fan voting. So I can't imagine how you must feel. He's never there. Even though he made it, he didn't have any fan voting. <laughs> Um, we just, we're just not a market that gets talked about, you know, even on the years when we do do well, like, you know, we might get something said about us like once every five games on national media and half the time it's in a loss because someone else blew up on us or something like that. Um, you know, uh, so it's just, you know, it's like even, uh, even the dude in Detroit right now, uh, Jeremy Grant, right. Um, he gets more talked about for all-star than Booch and, that's mostly, in my opinion, that's mostly just because everyone thought Detroit, uh, Denver should have kept him. And so there's like some buzz about, oh, they made the wrong decision. Now he's in Detroit blowing up. Um, but Vooch is always like that, man. And I think the reason why he doesn't get media attention is because he's not like, his game is built on skill, not athleticism. Um, so he's not this like, explosive center that gets like highlight blocks. You know, he doesn't get up for dunks and lobs very often. Um, but... He can shoot anywhere on the court. He started taking his game up. I think years prior, he was averaging like two or three. It was, I think three to four three pointers per game. And now he's, oh, what's how? Hold on, I can figure this out right now. He's he's averaging uh, six three point attempts per game. So he's almost doubled what he's done in years past, and he's hitting it at. Um, 42 percent 43 percent uh no sorry 42 percent it was 43 percent last insane game number. insane <laughs> really? um he's one of the only people in the league that is averaging 2010 and uh and and four or three no sorry 20 and 10 for his points and assists and he's averaging 23 and 11 um with shooting the three at 40 percent like there's no one else in that's doing that and I don't know if there's anyone else I, I think his goal is to be the first center to shoot uh the 50 40 90 club and, and he probably would be there with his 
free throws, but he had like one game where he missed like six of eight in the very doesn't beginning. Doesn't take a lot of them either. Doesn't take a lot. No, of them. no, he doesn't. He doesn't he doesn't draw a lot of contact? Yeah. That is one of the negatives to his game. Um, but you know, for a guy who, um, for a guy who's like, obviously, a lot of people know his weakness is like defense. Um, but that is to me a little overspoken. Like he's he's an he's gotten a lot now. better. He's yeah. Clifford. Yeah, he's never again. He's not going to be that like quick quick center that can switch on the fours. Um, you know, and, and be like super effective on them. And he's not going to be the guy getting you like crazy blocks, but a lot of times he'll be in the right position with a hand up, get, you know, getting those deflection numbers. Right. Um, or just, you know, contested shots. Um, so he's definitely gotten a lot more effective. Um, and, uh, dude, I mean, he's just like easy to play with. He can pass really well. I don't know what else to say. Like, go go watch Nikola Vucevic if you want to watch one of the smoothest centers in the league. Really, really, if you want to watch a smooth center that can shoot from anywhere, um, you know, he put up 25 on KD a few weeks ago. Like, <laughs> you know, he had a 40, uh, he had a 43 point game a few nights ago against the Bulls, um, and he makes it look effortless. Like he really does. It's insane. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a definite all-star in my opinion. I mean, I hope yeah. that there's not too much discussion about that around the league or around people who, you know, have a decision-making power. I mean, he's, he's coaches cool. love him. Yeah. And yeah. coaches vote the reserves. So yeah. And, and that's how we got him last time by the coaches mm-hmm. vote and coaches and players recognize what he does. Uh, but just the media never talks about him and, fans you know magics don't have a like we're like one of the smaller markets in the league so we don't, we don't have like a huge fan base either so um because there's yeah. how many um because there's three front court spots in the starting lineup and then there's three um within the reserves and then i think there's what two at at either position or something like that i've got to figure that in that second group of three that he's he's, he's got to be in there because i think if you think about people that are in the in the voting, okay, there's like Bam Adebayo. Um, well, Embiid. No, but I think Embiid would be a because who because the starting the starting oh no because LeBron oh no well, no he's in no the, no Embiid's gonna start yeah Embiid's yeah Embiid start. Embiid Giannis and KD I think that's the starting front court in the East um, and then I think with yeah. the next three spots I think you would have. And Chip, I don't know if you're pulling it up, but uh, Bam, I think it would be Bam, Vooch, and I, I'm trying to figure out who else. You also have DeMontis Sabonis. Oh, Sabonis yes. is in there. For all the Pacers. Yeah. Sabonis yeah. Is definitely so. And you all, I'm just, I brought it up too. You also have Jimmy Butler too. Who, yeah, he's not front court. He's not center. Isn't he, isn't he on there? He's on front court. I think he yeah, he shouldn't be. But remember, he that, ton, didn't he, he make a, a thing game. out of it? And like he got himself moved to front court, though. I, I didn't Zach Lowe have like a huge argument about like the the re the reclassification of these positions that you yeah. like wing big or something like that. I don't know, but um, but it. Jimmy Butler missed a ton of games this year too, man. I mean, like no yeah. one loves Jimmy Butler more than me. He's my top two favorite players in the league right now. But like we didn't mention Tatum, by the way. Tatum's in there. He's, I guess. Oh, he is. Oh, yeah. He's definitely front court. Yeah. It's going to be hard, but I mean, Tatum should be, 
you would think Tatum would get fan voting. Uh, fan voted yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're, we're we need strictly we're strictly talking about reserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I. You know, I would understand if he doesn't get voted in because, like, the team has just been bad. Um. You know, at least because the year he made it two years ago, uh, you know, we were like we were having a pretty good season that year, and this year we've just not. I mean, granted, it's not really his fault, but um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. So, I mean, it'd be great to see him. I don't really care that we're having an All Star game this year, but it'd be awesome if he got voted for one. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I feel the same way. Um, there was another question. I, I, I know that we asked you about Clifford the last time we were on and I, and I think it was um, it, it, the, the question was framed in the sense of, you know, just kind of how do you feel about the job that he's, that he's done. And um, I was actually happy to hear you say in the beginning of the pod that he tried some new things, tried to speed up the off, oh, yeah. tried to blitz pick and rolls a little bit more. Um, he's always been a smart coach, but I guess the um, there's two part question. The first, the first part I want to ask you is, um, the Magic don't get a ton of shots at the rim or from the three-point line. And I know as Knicks fans, right now, even even though we're having some mild success, there's a ton of fans questioning Tibbs' rotations and, and who he chooses to favor and who he doesn't. Um, do you feel like besides Bamba, Clifford is dismissing or, or not utilizing um, certain guys appropriately on the roster right now? It's a good question. So – Clifford is a coach that knows how to get the best out of a player. Um, I also do think he knows how to develop players. I mean, okay. We'd say he's a veteran coach, but he's also developed Jonathan Isaac before he got injured last season into a defensive player of the year candidate in his sophomore year. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but that first half of the year he was taught, he was leading the league in steals and blocks and, was in talks for defensive player of the year. Um, he also moved Markel Fultz into the starting lineup uh, within five games last year. Um, and he had the starting role the entire time and into this season. And he even shifted the offense to run through Markel Fultz a lot more this year. Um, Chumo Kiki and Cole Anthony, both from day one, uh, won the second unit starting jobs for both their roles as the point guard and power forward uh, behind Aaron Golden and Cole and, and Mark Helfoltz. Um, so I, I'm trying, basically why I'm saying that is I'm trying to, the Mo Bamba situation is an outlier. You know, Malik Monk back in Charlotte, outlier. There's reasons, right? Um, if we agree with those reasons or not, is it is up to you, but he is a development coach and he has brought in really good out of those rookies that he does pull and, and put into positions for success. And his mindset with development is I'm going to give you small responsibility. When you can do that, I will give you more. When you can do that, I'll give you more and more and more. Right. Um, Cole kind of got thrown a little bit more into that with um, you know, with, Fultz going out so fast. So he kind of went from, you know, 20 miles to an hour to probably 80 really fast uh, out of the hundred that he's probably going to go at some point. Um, But are his lineups the best all the time? No. Are his in-game adjustments the best all the time? No. 
but what other coach can get the most out of the players with this roster that Clifford has done? That's, that's the question that I think, um, who else is, I, I don't know too many other coaches that could have the success with this team, um, the way he has, or brought in the brought in players out of, um, to play the way that they have almost every single player in this, in the last three years has had a career year under Clifford. Um, almost every single player on the roster in some way or another. So um, I like him. Uh, is he perfect? No, but I don't know who else would be, I would replace him with right now. Um, I, I don't, I don't have that answer. So I like, I like Clifford. He's not perfect, but he's, he's a, I, I would love to see him with a balanced roster with legit players not like, okay, Vooch is great. We just had a great conversation about him. He's awesome. But like, yo, Vooch and Kemba Walker. Okay. What about Jason Tatum and, um, you know, a uh, uh, Kyrie Irving, right? What about someone on those, that tier of, of all-star? Not Kemba made it once or twice. Vooch is going to make it once or twice. Like bona fide all-stars with true number one options and a team that actually had some shooting on it. I think he would be, I think he'd surprise a lot of people with how much those teams would have success. Um, the, next, um, the, the next part of my question, and this one is, is particularly important and I'm interested to hear uh, your take on it. And yeah. I like Clifford too. And, and, and the way you describe Clifford sounds exactly like a carbon copy of Tibbs, right? Like yeah. the most out of your players. Um, what tree branch did Tibbs come out of? Well, they're all, the Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah, they both did. Yeah. All, yeah. Okay. All of them. I think Mike Malone might have been uh, from there as well. Okay. Uh, oh, Pat Riley, right? Van Gundy's Pat Riley, and then yeah. yeah. So, um, so let's just say that the magic pivot, as we talked about earlier, and they do start to sell off assets, and and we hit not even a full reset, but a soft reset. Do you still think that Clifford is the guy? to see a rebuild through you're shaking your head vehemently and, and yes. Saying, yes okay yes i do i do i think him and the front office have a pretty good relationship um i think that clifford could help make the rebuild a little bit faster in some ways because again if we this team doesn't need to have a full rebuild right Jonathan Isaac is coming up on his one year anniversary in a couple of months of his, of his ACL. Then there's, then he's going to, which ACLs are what nine to 12 months injury recovery time frame. And then, you know, another three or four months, six months to shake the rest off, something like that. Maybe, maybe I'm being a little too, too generous there, but you know, he's, he's going to be ready to play day one next year. You know, maybe a little rest at the beginning, Markel Fultz, might miss the beginning of the season and he's going to be a little bit rusty because he broke, he, he tore his, um, what, uh, December, January, something like that in J January, somewhere around there. Um, so he'll, he'll, he'll take a little bit longer to get back, but, um, you know, let's say we get a top five pick this year and then Vucevic continues to play like the all-star that he is and Cole Anthony and Chumo Kiki, take really nice steps from year one to year two, like most young players do that get drafted. They take nice steps between year one and year two. And then Mo Bamba is actually a serviceable, solid second unit player. You find a couple veterans to help balance out the roster with shooting, um, you know, and, and you got Terrence Ross still that, that team can compete. That team could, that could compete at a high level with, with young, young players, 
Um, and yeah, I think Clifford can do that. I don't, I like Clifford. I think people say that he is a veteran coach. I think that's also because he's on teams that are trying to win and not suck. Um, and that's the direction from the front office, right? He hasn't been in an OKC situation where it's like, hey, just fix us, you know? I mean, he came to Orlando and fixed us from a lottery team to a, to a playoff team. He did that in Charlotte too. Now, granted, the difference, you know, those teams never got fully balanced out and never had that top-end talent. But if we draft right to get that talent or make the right trade, I, I, I think Clifford would be awesome. Um, I – I'm definitely not in a rush to move him. Uh, he deserves to play out the rest of his contract, which is one more season. Um, depending on what other coaches are available at that point, maybe we can have the discussion. But right now, I don't see anyone else available that I would want coaching the team. You brought up the front office a couple of times. Uh, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, they got hired in 2017. And, I mean, they've done some good things, obviously. the the Fultz, trade was great and drafting Isaac was great. Uh, they also have some blemishes on the record. Like every uh, front office does the Bomba sure. trade, probably or the Bomba pick probably being up there with uh, all of them. But I want, they've been there obviously four years now, 2017. What do you think about them so far? Their reign it in Orlando. And they then got one, forward. yeah, yeah. That's a good question. It's a question I've been thinking a lot about this season. Um, as, as well as some other fans and um, they're going into the, they have one more year in contract after this, they signed a five-year deal. So this is year four. They have one more after this. I think they've done like, it's really hard to put a grade on them because they've had so many injuries throughout the year. And like, that's just not in their, that's not their control. You know um, you can't really put that on the front office if the team's been injured. Maybe the fact that they've drafted a couple injury people, but I, it's not their fault when a player tears in the RCL, you know, or rolls an ankle or something like that. Um, they've drafted. Okay. You know, I think Isaac was a good pick. I think Bamba can be a good pick. We just haven't really been, he was, you know, he was always going to be a two, three year project. So it was, it's just kind of hard to tell. Um, I like Cole Anthony. I like the Chumo Kiki pick. Second rounders have been meh. Uh, Wessa Wonders was fine while he was here. Um, they haven't really had one sense and i think they've only drafted second rounders one other one other year uh while they were in office um but i think they've like failed to capitalize in certain areas like i don't think they've always used the two-way spots the best um i don't think they've always filled spots like 14 and 15 on the roster properly um and i don't know if they've always yeah like properly as in like maybe drafting someone in the second round for that spot or signing the right free agent. Um, I don't think they've always done that well, but it's hard. I don't know how I feel about giving them an extension, right? Obviously it's always like kind of bad to let a front office go into their final year of contract. Like you either need to fire them or you need to extend them because typically if the, they go into the final year, they start making desperate moves. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want them to do that. But at the same point, I think it's like premature to fire them because they've been dealt a really bad hand with all the injuries and have not yet been able to see their plan work out. Like I'm, I'm, I have no inside information on this, but I'm like almost dead certain that if Jonathan Isaac hadn't 
torn his ACL in the bubble, they would have done like an all-in push for like a top 20, top 15 player, you know, traded this year's pick and another young player or something like that. Um, Or Aaron Gordon traded Aaron Gordon and a pick and a couple other things, like put some form of package together to make a trade, like a big trade to bring this roster together in a higher caliber performance way. Uh, But then Jonathan Isaac hurts himself. What's the point of doing the trade at this point, right? It's going to be a weird year anyways, uh, when your highest potential player like J.I. goes out. So it's really hard. Uh, You know, like, I feel like if I had to give him a grade, it'd be like a B minus, right? They've, they've done good things. I don't think they've really set us back any, um, but I don't know if they've necessarily brought us forward or taken care of the margins on the lower end or the higher end as well but they've definitely done well on like getting rid of bad contracts. Granted, we weren't, we are always going to be in a cap situation, but none of our contracts are unmovable. Um, everyone's like pretty trade friendly. Um, you know, we got a bunch of young players on the team now. So there's like some youth on the team again. Um, and for the most parts, our vets are solid, whether everything fits together is a different story, but um you know, we have all our own picks. They haven't done any, they haven't done like any stupid trades. I just don't think they've necessarily been as aggressive as they should have been. Um, it's a hard question. I don't, I don't really have an answer. I'm still trying to answer that myself. I think I'd rather give them a couple year extension than, than uh, let them go in, um, uh, you know, into their final year. But I also like, man, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not ready to fire you. I would like for you to go into the final year if I knew you weren't going to do something stupid um, and then give you an extension, but I know that's super unrealistic. So I guess I have to give you an extension to see if you can do something with it, but maybe it's like a two year extension instead of a, you know, I don't know, a two year on top. So they get three more total years. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, I, I don't think feeling. they're going to have a lot of leverage to, to ask for like a big extension. So, but they, my whole thing there is, I think they have done some, I think a B minus is a good grade for them. Cause I think they have done some good things and getting, yeah. getting Clifford in there was obviously great yeah. for Vooch, especially too. Cause he opened up there, but my whole thing with them is, you know, they inherited their best player and Vooch and they haven't added another real scoring threat around him. Right. So, you know, as great. And, I mean, as Bolts. as good as yeah, as good. But like small as, sample size, we only saw him for like ten games this year. I was just gonna say Sorry. small sample size, and no, 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 and small sample size, and he just basically fell into their lap. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. they they really got lucky there. No one wanted him, and yeah, everybody else looked stupid for not wanting him. So right. they got lucky there. But you no, know, I I wouldn't say they've done a great job. But the franchise was so low when they got there there was nowhere to go but up and so many bad contracts too i don't think people realize how bad of a situation it really was i mean like when you have bismack biombo for like two more years on like 40 million dollars or something something crazy like that it's it's bad the summer of 2016 always returns to bite you in the ass i was just gonna they uh for we have obviously a lot of Knicks fans listen to this show. They replaced yeah. them. Uh, the Magic had a guy in charge named Rob Hennigan. And these guys yeah. who are in charge now, them coming in to replace Rob Hennigan was like Leon Rose coming in to replace Steve Mills, basically. That's how bad Rob Hennigan was. <laughs> yeah. 
It was bad. It was bad for anyone who's not familiar. Go look up yeah. what the Victor Oladipo trade was. Go look up at the the, the Tobias Harris trade. Um, those two alone will tell you enough. And there's yeah. plenty more horror stories. Those last two years were awful. But Game, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think they've done enough. You know, like Jonathan Isaac, great pick. It's unfortunate he's had some injuries, but like if he comes back and is healthy and we can like like get the injury history out of the question. Um, phenomenal pick. He should be a multiple time defense player of the year candidate. If he can come back hundred um, percent, you know, first team, all defense, like eight years. I, you know, yeah. he's got that type of potential. Um, Cole Anthony, gr- solid pick. I think that was phenomenal. Chumo Kiki. He's not going to like light, light up the world with like big numbers, but He's good. He does a lot of things really good. Um, next time you watch a Magic game, pay attention to him. Uh, he's probably not going to drop 15 points on you, but he'll definitely hit some shots. Um, he'll make some smart passes, and he'll be really good on defense. And you'll know that he's on the court, um, even if he's not lighting up the box score. He, he's like he's, – he's very impactful. Um, I, think, I, think they're, I think they're good. Um, you know, they did an okay job. Like I think reminding the league that if you come to Orlando, you're at least going to get taken care of and felt valued with your next contract. If you decide to sign with us, cause they've given out, I don't think they've overpaid anyone too crazy, um, but they've made sure players have felt, you know, like we're taking care of you here um, without giving out like too gross of contracts. I think a lot of people thought the Vucevic contract was pretty gross, but it's one of I the mean, best in the league now. Yeah. <laughs> point, yeah. The dude yeah. has averaged what <laughs> 21 the 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 year prior. Last year was year one on the contract. He averaged 19, but that's because he had a slow start. The second half of the year he was averaging like 21 points a game again. Um this year is at 23. You know, it's declining. <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's killing it. Um, easy to play with, you know. I, I think the demand from around the league is maybe not as big because um, it's just a center's – there's not – the center market's weird. But, um, yeah, he's it's a good contract, good contract. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, the team is in a weird spot, right? We have so many injuries, and a lot of them are long-term. But – I think next year, if we have some health luck and some some of the young players take some steps, I think, and we can get a top pick. I'm on that soft tank, soft tank. <laughs> All right, I like that. Uh, That's the new. If, phrase. if we can get a top pick, oh yeah, soft tank, baby. Um, you know, if we can if we get a top five pick in this draft, that'd be sick. That'd be Who's sick. Your guy, Stephen, is it? Uh, Kane? I, I, don't, I don't have one yet. You don't have one? No, I haven't. I haven't done. I know all the names, but I haven't watched a single tape on anyone. I kind of always wait to like get into draft mode once I kind of know more. And I guess the magic, I know where them, even if the front office is one a minute, I know where we're going. I just, I'm, I'm not mentally ready to start digging into that just yet. Normally just before all-star break um, and right around then, that's when I really start digging into it, which is a little later than normal, but anyone that's not a, that's not a center or power forward. I'm pretty much down for, you know, even if it's a point guard, sure. If it can be a number one option on the team offensively, 
sign the check. I don't know. <laughs> you know draft him. I don't whatever the whatever the slang is, go get him. Yeah, I, that, so. that's gonna be another interesting uh piece of the season as well. Um, but I think can I can we, yeah. I, I know we're getting long. Can I ask? Can, can you guys give me some Alfred Payton love? Oh, I was yeah, just going to bring nice that up. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. just going to bring that up. Chip you, Chip, you want me to go first or you want to go? You guys, are you, are no, we okay go to ahead. go for a couple more minutes? Yeah, no, yeah. That's, we're good. We're good. I'm in no rush. Me no, and, so me and I, Steven were talking about this yeah. <laughs> on so Twitter. <laughs> it's it's so interesting, man, because, um, you know, listen, as, as Knicks fans, we're, we're a fickle bunch. Um, I, I'd like to think that we're a pretty educated fan base for the most part. Um, you know, but, but when, when you're not a good team, what I've found out with us is that we do tend to scapegoat one or two players for all of the franchise's issues. Right. And we're not even having a bad season. We're having a really good season for, for the Knicks. Right. And, and that's a pretty low bar, but we're holding on to it right now. But um, Alfred Payton, I, I have very, I'm very ambivalent on him because Alfred Payton to me is not a bad basketball player. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't think he's a, a bad basketball player. I think his fit on this team is rough and I have not seen him improve in any areas of, of weaknesses really since since he's been in the league and especially since he's been with us. So, you know, it, it's been tough to watch him. And uh, we have some players that I, I do think could do the job uh, better. Um, so it's been tough. It's been tough, but I also, it, there's a part of me that feels for him because Nick's Twitter, especially has literally eviscerated him every game, um, every day, every chance they get to the point now that, and I'm sure, sure I'm sure, Chip saw this too. There is a Twitter handle uh, called Knicks Fan Six Eight Three or something like that, and it's gotten to the point where people believe that this is Alfred Payton's burner because the the I've account heard about this. the account <laughs> the account doesn't tweet during games, but tweets every other minute or whatever, and is always essentially saying, "Listen, leave Alfred alone." you know, blah, 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 like, and, but post his highlights and everything. And you should see the retweets and interactions that this account gets. Um, but Alfred Payton has clearly become the scapegoat this year. Um, you know, and, and due to his fault as well. Um, so it's, it's been a very interesting season with him. There's rumors that there is a playoff team that wants him. I'm not sure why, but, because he's great. Yeah, I don't know if want was the right word. He might not be able to shoot a three-point very well, and he's not good at defense, but is it his fault that he got drafted to a horrible team then traded to his son's team that was tanking and then no disrespect – oh, sorry, sorry, I'm missing a team. Went to the Pelicans that had a trade request by Anthony Davis and then went to the Knicks. And I'm going to just stop there when I say the Knicks. I don't want to be nice. This, You're right. This is You're the right. first year they've looked like a decent organization. Yeah, so it's, it's the like, first year we looked like a decent organization, and he's playing ridiculously. He's playing so far outside of himself, though. That's the thing. Like, he's averaging the most uh, field goal attempts of his career, which is so weird. He's averaging, I've, yeah, 11.8 shots. Yeah. That's my dude. Good job. <laughs> I feel like... Uh, 
I feel like if he was like drafted to a team that had like some legitimateness, like like just construction to them, some solidness to them, and not a pile of crap like he has been dealt year after year after year after year, he might have actually been able to develop and at least his defense up. Like maybe yeah. he was never going to be a shooter, but like yo, at least he probably would have been like a little bit better of a two way player instead of a turnstile on defense. Um, but he's athletic. He gets to the rim fairly well. He's a good passer. Um, I think he can organize an offense def- decently. And, uh, man, go back and watch those first couple of year highlights between him and Aaron Gordon. They threw a lot of lobs together. They were, that was a lot of fun. I'm glad you Does said he throw he's lobs a turnstile. Your... Oh, yeah, yeah, he's I'm bad. glad you said he's, he's a bad. turnstile on defense because the MSG – employees are always trying to convince Knicks fans that he's a good defender. It's like, no, what are you not. watching? <laughs> he needs to be like, uh, I'm realistic. He's, he's not a starter, right? He should be like a six man or not even that, not even a six man. Cause six man seems to be like hot off the bench to like help with the scoring power, but he could be a solid, like second unit point guard. Yeah. On a, that's on what a, he is on a good team. Right. Yeah. And I think once he gets to a good team with some stability, because, like, when he played with the Pelicans, he was pretty good. I, I, Before the one all that thing, went down. The one thing I have to say I do really respect about Alfred Payton is that he clearly hears the noise outside of the locker room from Nick's Twitter, whatever, the media. He does not give a shit. Um, dude. He really doesn't. And it was even to the point, I don't know if this – this just stone stone cold face disposition was kind of it's just that's just him but two things stood out to me he had a really good game I forget against what team and he was just killing it at the rim I think he scored over 20 for us and he's doing a post-game interview with Clyde and Clyde tries to throw like you know his his little rhymes in there and, and get the players to smile and, and he literally calls him he's like you were the raging Cajun out there. And obviously Alfred's from Louisiana yeah. and he just, he just didn't even react to it. He was just like, uh, yeah, just taking what the defense gives me. <laughs> He's like Belichick. Getting yeah. Him. Like he literally. And then, <laughs> and then the other thing is when, when people try to talk to him about, you know, the fans are getting on you or there's a lot of talk out there. He's like, yeah, I don't pay attention to it. Like he literally, he doesn't even speak about, it. he's just like, yeah, I, I don't care. And he's a professional. So like, I, I will say I respect that a lot because yeah, I'll say yeah. that if it was me, it would definitely bother me. <laughs> like I know that for sure. And I do respect that about him. He seems like he's a good teammate. You know, he's, you know, you, you don't ever really hear anything like off court with him. You never really hear teammates complaining about him. It's true. Um, he's, he, he's probably fun to play with in some aspects, you know, maybe, maybe not for quackly uh, or quickly, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, quickly. Yeah. You know, for someone who wants to get more opportunity and, and a few more shots, but like, you know, Hey, if you guys can get me an Alfred Payton autograph, I will get you any magic player autograph you want. We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll have to uh, go through the back channel. I live in the Bay. I can get you a Warriors autograph. I'll have to sneak. I'll have to uh, find a way to sneak into the stadium. Um, they're actually going to start fans in, yeah. in there. Oh, wow. Soon, so we'll see. But cool. uh, that should be interesting. But That may change uh, Alfred Payton's opinion of – the fans once he <laughs> once that's fans good. start let into the start being let into the arena that's a good point. all all your listeners of this show are probably gonna hate me and block me on twitter no no no, no. <laughs> oh well i mean 
they they definitely don't like Alfred, but uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, eh, I embrace like I said, it. We're a fickle bunch. Nick's Twitter is always split. Whenever the scapegoat emerges from Nick's Twitter, there's always a faction that is like, you you can't criticize that person or you've never played, so you don't know what it's like. And then there's a there's a faction that is like, well, his net rating is like negative 5.7 and like he can't shoot and he shouldn't even be on a professional court. There's rarely There's rarely nuance. There's rarely people in the middle. So that's the interesting part. That's Gary Clark for us right now, except everyone just hates him. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We were talking about that with Schwinn about how there's this segment of Twitter who's like, oh, he's the coach. He knows more about basketball than you. You can't question anything he does. It's, but that's, that's insane to me. I think that's, uh, I think that's fair as well. Um, But I think that's a good place for us to wrap up guys. Um, Listen, Steven, always a pleasure having you on, man. We always have a good time talking magic Knicks as well. Um, Before we let you go, if if you can let the good people know where they can find you on Twitter, anything that you're working on now and you want to promote, please do so. Yeah, sure. Thanks. I appreciate it. So you can find my personal account on Twitter if you want to send uh, Alfred Payton death threats to me um, <laughs> at Stephen0610. And that's S-T-E-P-H-E-N 0610. Um, but, uh, but for real, hit me up anytime. I'm always down to talk basketball. I don't care if you're a stranger. My DMs are always open. Easier that way too sometimes so we can actually have a conversation. Um the uh, the next where you can find our work is at the Close Up Magic. I work with a group of really passionate fans, and um, we actually just re- released an article uh, a few days ago um, where we answered a bunch of like hot topic questions for the Magic, like Obama situation, Evan Fournier, um, a couple other things. Should the team pivot for, towards a tank? Um, those types of things. So that was a fun article. So go check that out. We'll have some more stuff like that coming out soon. Um, we have some fun podcast episodes coming up. It's, we've been a little bit quiet. I'm not going to lie. The season's been a little depressing, so I haven't been as eager to get it going. But I got some fun guests lined up uh, coming up uh, next week, actually, um, with uh, some guys from The Athletic. So that'll be fun. So anyways, um, yeah, check us out, The Close-Up Magic. And if you ever want to talk basketball or Alfred Payton, give me a call. I'm here. We absolutely will, man. Um, Fellas, thank you. I, I honestly, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's always fun talking with you. And and, and really, anytime you want me to come on, um, uh, let me know. And next time the Magic play the Should Knicks. Be, next week, I think. Is it next yeah, week? Yeah, it's next week. All right. I got to have you on my show uh, for like a quick, you know, 30 minutes. We'll do a game preview. We're in. That sounds great. We're absolutely cool. in. Um, all the pleasure is ours. The, the, the feeling is mutual. And for everybody out there, we hope um, you guys are staying safe and we will talk to you soon.